people really want to taste the cheese, don't they? It's January 20, 2021. This is Rare Encounter, encounter number 28. And in the champagne room, getting a lapped transform, I'm Abel Kirby. And making hentai great again, this is cold acid. Once again, from our mouth straight into your ears, and in this case, from this can straight into my mouth, I have today's beer, which is actually a beer, and I've got a Sapporo in a can, a very uh, a very sturdy can, by the way. I don't know if you've seen these, but they uh, they use a little bit more steel than anyone else. And I've had this before, so I, know, I already know I like it, but... For the sake of the show, the gimmick that won't die, there it is. You need anything special today? And over here, I got a pear cider. Well, a pear-flavored cider. I thought it was an actual pear cider until I got it home and looked at the cans like, nope, it's flavored. God damn it. Ah, it's a dirty, dirty pear cider. Still tastes good. It's got the dirty, uh, the Still dirty flavor. <laughs> Oh boy, what a week! I wish there were there were more actual like different fruit ciders instead of all these like flavored alcohol ciders. I'm still unclear on who who buys them. I guess I I know who buys them. The people who don't like drinking uh, or they don't like the taste of things apparently because they suckers taste awful. like me. <laughs> I don't like some of that. You know, they they have whole sections in the in the liquor store with. Uh, this stuff I can't imagine anyone actually drinking. Oh uh, well, and then there's me, and I just drink, somehow they do. I just drink beer. Yep. Well, you know, I went down my favorite website this week uh, to kick things off. My new favorite source of news is thepotatopro.com. No, more potatoes. Yeah. Actually, more things that aren't. Well, they have potato news. You know, they had uh, stories about new varieties of purple potatoes. They're making in, uh, like, by the Pyrenees. I don't know. I've seen so purple potatoes in, uh, in the... Yeah, I've seen purple potatoes before in the uh, supermarket. Yep, they've got some new uh, some new varieties they've been testing in small markets, and it uh, doesn't really say what's uh, special about them other than they, they're purple. I guess they can go next to your uh, green eggs and, I don't know, blue waffle or whatever. Uh, it's recommended by Dr. Goatsy. Blue, blue waffle, you had to say that. <laughs> this looks I, disgusting. I did. I, I did. love it. <laughs> oh no, they had a they had a follow on to some of this Cheetos uh, promotion that they've been having. Uh, I, I'm starting to wonder if Pepsi's sponsoring them because they seem to run a lot of Cheetos stories on here. Uh, for, especially, you pointed out last time that uh, Cheetos aren't actually. Yeah, you brought made with a lot potatoes. of Cheetos to to the board today. Yeah, well, it's it's only one story. I was looking, I was reading one, and it led into the other. And so they had a nonsense uh, press release by Pepsi saying Cheetos is going to have a Super Bowl commercial with Ashton Kutcher, and they they run out the uh, their campaign is it's a Cheetos thing, it's a point of view, a way of life, and an unspoken bond you share with anyone whose fingers are constantly orange. And that's how you know that's how the Cheetos marketing team thinks of uh, their product, I guess. But. uh Anyway, in the course of this article, yeah. they're, they're promoting all this crap, like there's the Super Bowl commercial, but they stated a statistic that I thought was interesting, uh, and this is a throwaway bit from the press release, which they point out, during 2020, uh, 
the Cheetos recipe searches online, so the number of people searching for Cheetos recipes online, quote, skyrocketed 190%. And just to be clear, these aren't... And people really want to taste the cheese, don't they? It's not about making Cheetos, it's about making things with Cheetos. And by the way, I did check that statistic. I went to the uh, that Google page, uh, Google Trends, where you can start putting in keywords and seeing how popular they are. And I saw a small spike in the, the phrase Cheetos recipes, and it was only in Los Angeles, uh, and it wasn't 190%. So I don't know where they're getting the numbers, but it's not the same place I saw it. Maybe they got 190% more hits on their website or something. But the uh, That's probably what it is. Yeah. They probably don't get many hits to begin with, so it's probably like... It's probably like they went from, like, 10 to 19 hits or something. Yeah. And so, anyway, uh, long story short, this led me down this deep, dark path of the Cheetos recipe website. And it's actually Cheetos and Quaker Oats and some other things. And it's a website called moresmileswitheverybite.com. And it is a recipe website dedicated to making things with Cheetos and with Fritos and with things like that. So they have... Uh, these abominations, like they, uh, what was the one I picked out first? I think it was a Moscow mule. There the first one, the, this this Cheetos Mountain Dew mule. I mean, <laughs> yeah. what, a, what a waste of perfectly good vodka. Yeah. What the fuck? Who comes up with this shit? <laughs> interns, interns at uh, 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 Frito-Lay. So first, the total time to make this is 14 minutes, just in case you were wondering. That's how long it takes to make a Cheetos uh, uh to make a goddamn drink. Yeah, it's a Mountain Dew mule. I keep wanting to say Moscow, but it's a Mountain Dew mule. So they have Mountain Dew and, uh, you know, the normal fixings. And then they have a lime. And if I don't know if you've seen the picture, but garnished on the garnish is Cheeto dust. It actually looks disgusting. Oh, my God. Yeah, and they have all this other garbage. To Here's make a- the simple syrup, combine a quarter cup of sugar and quarter cup of hot water. Stir until sugar dissolves. Then add six Cheetos puffs, strain, and let it cool. Yeah. The fuck? Here's- oh, and it has to be a copper mug, it says. Well, yeah, that's the Moscow Pour the thing, vodka, but... lime juice, ginger beer, simple syrup, and Mountain Dew into a copper mug. <laughs> Top with crushed ice, garnish, and serve. It's it's a Moscow Mule, but worse. Oh, boy. Why? Why would anyone do this? So, here's the second one. This one is the one that really got me. Have you ever heard what a wa- about a walking taco? Yes, no, actually, no, I have. Now, don't say anything misogynistic. Um... The one I'm talking about <laughs> is when you have a bag of chips and then you scoop taco stuff to inside like a bag of Fritos. Yep. Yep. I have actually done that before at a convention. Really? This is a real thing? R- really? Yeah. I've never heard this of this This is a before. real thing. We did. I was on staff at, at a convention for, for science fiction and we actually did this in the, in like the green room at one point. Oh boy. Well, you know, I put in my notes, I got a recipe for it I found on unsophisticatedcook.com. And believe me, this recipe is unsophisticated. The recipe is you open a bag of chips and then you pour all, all this taco shit you bought from the store inside it. And then you eat it with a fork. Ugh. Yeah, that's know. about right. Walking tacos. Ugh. I don't know. I, I honestly thought that was fake when I saw it. But, uh, you know, if you're going to back it up, okay. Sure. That was it. That was my my exploration into uh, flavor news today, in the earlier this week. Yeah. Now, uh, now I've never had a, uh, 
I never had a walking taco that used uh, that used Cheetos, at least. Yeah, I, I think they used uh, Doritos inside the uh, the picture. They do. Oh yeah, I just I just looked at it, that recipe, and yeah, it's uh, Fritos, corn chips, and Doritos nacho cheese flavored tortilla chips. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know, this all seemed kind of gross to me. But then it is a recipe site completely dedicated to uh, making food with things that are, are food adjacent, like Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, that was my burner story. That was the one to get us off the rails. Yeah, no, so. no, I'm like... What a, but, like, yeah, I'm, honestly, I cannot, I cannot get away from this mule. This is, like, the most <laughs> horrible thing... That I have seen today, although I have to admit, I didn't bother watching the inauguration because I want to avoid all that shit. It might have been worse, but I mean, like, this fucking mule. Taste the booger flavor. I the, know it's in there. Ah, you've been getting clips from Fletcher now. <laughs> uh, no, actually, he didn't, say, he didn't actually send me that one. He just told me where it was from. He, he didn't get off work until we started the show. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, well. We had a... Uh... Well, you know, we were talking about podcasts. I mean, I just listened. I'm halfway through the New Hog Story episode. They did episode 150 uh, uh, on Tuesday. It just came out. Um, yeah. And so I was listening to that uh, this morning. Then uh, we also had, that was episode 150 for them. So that's like a nice even round, you know, 150 episodes, you know. Yeah, there's Sesquicentennial or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, Grumpy Old Ben's had a different kind of uh, number. They had episode 128 is kind of important in terms of powers of two i guess uh Woo! two to the power of seven <laughs> Woo! I, I mean that's uh that's all i got for that one 128 yeah yeah you can see how you can see how much of a nerd i am i'm able to tell you which power of two it is right <laughs> off the bat i once picked out an apartment i was with my uh, lab partner at uh at school and we were picking out, we were decided we were going to get an apartment together and, and be roommates. And so we're picking out the ones we had a choice of all the different rooms. We went down and we, we said, okay, do we want a prime number room? Do we want an even number room? And we decided, no, we really want to, can we get one with a, that's a Fibonacci number? You know, we were picking out our, uh, our room number like that. So we could choose. And I thought I was a nerd. Yeah, that's what we did. Well, you know, that was, he was my <laughs> physics lab partner. So yeah, you got it. Uh, yeah. And we missed something with uh, with 127. What was was 127 then? That was on uh, that was on Friday. Well, we didn't exactly miss. We didn't really exactly miss it. It's just that uh, it's just that uh, Adam and John got to it first. Oh, you're talking about episode 149 of. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, 128. No, yeah, I'm, yeah, 127 know, of Grumpy Old yeah, Ben. Grumpy Old Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Inaugurate. <sighs> Hey, can I? So this is now a thing. Good work, good work, Darren. Can I point out that I told Dar I was making fun of Darren O'Neill about this back at the first January first. I tooted at him, inaugurate me, baby, because he said it on the pre-stream. Oh, so it's your fault? Oh, he did say it on the pre-stream. He said it on the pre-stream that day, and I thought he was joking. Uh, I thought he stuttered when he started. His, inaugurate me, baby. I just tooted at him right after he announced it, and uh, I don't know. It was, I honestly, I thought he was joking for the whole time. That's why I didn't say anything after. I said, "Oh, it's it's, uh, you know, it's some funny thing he does," which would have been my fallback if someone called me out. 
Yeah, well, he he fessed up he fessed up to it instead of saying, "Nope, this is a, this is an in joke." And that's well, the first. Now mistake. it is an in joke. Yeah, that's the first mistake. <laughs> never admit never to admit anything. anything to the no agenda community that you don't want to be teased about. Yeah. Well, I had my mistake. Uh, last episode, I was talking about the number of planes that exist. And I, I threw out some number that came to mind. I think I said there's 4 million planes, or, or I said 400 million planes that exist. And that was, I can't remember exactly which one I said, but that was wrong. Um, and I started looking at the size of the world plane fleet. And I was getting some weird quotes for, uh, for on different websites of how many planes were ever produced versus how many are in the air. And, and it's all, uh, depends on who you ask, but the number seems to range from, uh, some sources are saying there's 40,000 airplanes um, right now. Um, but then if you go to, I found a list on Wikipedia that had the list of popular airplanes that were, you know, the most manufactured versions of them ever. And presumably some of them are still around, you know, you get well over a million with just that. And that's including some older planes that probably aren't flying anymore, but, um, you, I think I got 1 million, uh, 200 something thousand. So it seems to be the number of airplanes, uh, in the world seems to be somewhere between those two numbers. Anyway, there's my uh, retraction, my correction. All right. Yeah. So that was that was a fact check, eh? You fact checked yourself. Yeah, because when we were paging back through the episode uh, looking for, uh, I forget what we were doing. I heard that clip when I dropped the needle. I said, "Hmm, I wonder if that's uh, if that's a mistake or not." Yeah, someone should point out. I should mute that stupid no agenda social tab. I need to get a plug-in for Firefox or something that just mutes the uh, mutes the tabs. One Sir, of these days. Sir Seat Sitter has that same problem. So he said on uh, No Agenda Social. Yeah, anyway, so we've had... Uh, I was talking to, to Sir Seat Sitter. I'm going to be on his show coming up. Um, I don't know when it's going to come out. I'm, I'm talking to him. We might be recording this weekend. I'm pretty sure we are, actually. I just need to circle back around. Um, so that should be fun. Um... Let's see, it's been 289 days since uh, our last episode of Maps with Matt, and tonight on Nick the Rat, he's doing Found Lost Area 1 Tapes. And so that should be fun. Um, I remember we did a, a Lost Tapes uh, episode some years ago where he found all these lost tapes, and as, as he played them, they disappeared. It was actually one of my favorite shows he ever did, so I don't know. It might be worth tuning in tonight. Nick the Rat in the Sewer. Nick the Rat! Nick the Rat! <laughs> that reminds me. Something that you sent me on Skype made me think of uh, Nick the Rat. Uh, what was that? Perhaps we should stick that in the notes. That picture. That picture you sent. Me. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I, I saw the I saw the subtitles on. And I'm like, is not my notes. Now that you pointed out. Yeah, that was an oversight. No, you didn't put it in your notes. No. You better put it in your notes. Yeah. No, put it's, it in the show notes. Is it gonna take me a minute to? Do I have to? Yeah, I have to save it to desktop. Oh well. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do it in post. <laughs> we don't have post. If we don't do it now, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh, it's almost there. I saved it to my <laughs> Add desktop. Add it to the checklist. I add it to the checklist, which I don't follow. Uh, I think that's the file. Drag <laughs> yeah. and drop. There we go. Refresh. Yep. Okay, it's uploaded. <laughs> oh, boy. So he's watching new so anime. How about we... New anime. You're watching... Oh, you're watching World Witches, right? Oh, this was the well the mayonnaise one, the one that I just got the picture for. Oh. That's a new that's a new show I was watching. 
You never told me which show that was in there. Oh, that's Dr. Ramane. You Ramine. just sent me the picture. Yeah, oh, well, I'm telling oh, you Oh, that's Dr. Ramane, okay. Yeah, he's the doctor of mysterious diseases, and so I watched two episodes of this, uh, and yeah, I was hooked from the and first- And a part-time yeah. dark sewer scientist. Uh, apparently. So he's, uh, the main character is this uh, young doctor. Um, he's got kind of a bishy sort of look to him. He hangs out with his- his male assistant, and, uh, I don't know, just kind of wacky and... Rawr. And, yeah, I don't know. It's some of that going on. I don't know. It's hard to tell at this point. Then what happens is people have diseases of of the soul or diseases of their spirit that are manifest with physical symptoms. And so the first episode, the first one is the... Uh, this girl cries mayonnaise is the, her, uh, her presenting symptoms, and she gets referred to him uh, to get treated. And which is like she's literally she cries and mayonnaise comes out instead of tears, and uh, it turns out she cries different kinds. Yeah, you, of... you better you better stop because if 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 Nick's listening, he might be getting aroused now. Unleash the mayonnaise! Yeah, I get that one. <laughs> so <laughs> the, yeah, that works. The uh, the the whole plot reminds me of um, that doctor. What was it? I I keep calling it trapeze because that's what it was billed as. But uh, it's it's this process where you watch the doctor talking to the the patient trying to figure out what's wrong with him kind of it's you know a medical drama but it's not medicine it's more a psychological question you know uh, they, essentially they've all inflicted these things on them themselves in some way and he talks them through working out their own problems is is the bottom line with a little help of supernatural gimmicks and stuff that he does but it's actually a really fun show uh the first uh the first episode hooked me, uh, so I hooked, took it hook, line, and sinker. They had the girl crying mayonnaise, and it it turns out, so he goes, hmm, we got to make her cry, and so he pulls out a DVD from his, he says, this is the saddest movie I've ever seen. I got it here. We'll put it on, and they watch it, and they say, yeah, see this girl on the screen? She's really good at crying. She's a child star. She's famous for being able to cry, and they look over and realize it's the same girl, and so that was her, uh, her, her thing was she can cry on command, and she was a, a child actress. And uh, she can't work because she cries mayonnaise, soy sauce, and, and uh, as a manifestation of her, uh, her uh, bottled up emotions from her abusive mother, bottom line. It's, it's a similar sort of story we've seen before, but it, they play it in a very, uh, very different way. Uh, it is really fun to watch them interact. So they had that, and then episode two was about a guy whose dick turns into a fish cake. Um, and it has to do with, uh, with, it turns out he's cheating on. Did, did like, I hear period. that right? Yeah. He, his, uh, his penis turns into, uh, some kind of fish pastry. And so he goes to the dock and he says, yeah, I gotta meet my girlfriend tonight. So, uh, why don't you give me something? And yeah, it's a wild show. Uh, and the doc's trying to get him to unravel his own personal problems. And instead he goes, no, give me the quick fix. Okay. He gives him the quick fix and, uh, you know, it doesn't work out too well, you know, so it has some dangerous side effects going on. No, the uh, quick fix never works out too well. Fix. Just look at all the people dying of the Vaseline. Yeah. So we have, uh, we have a, a hit so far with this. This was, uh, what was the actual title in Japanese was the Kai Boyu Ramane, which was the Mysterious Disease Dr. Ramane, I think is how they actually build it in the translation. That was my first uh, first uh, new anime I watched. You get to anything like that? Yeah. New anime for you? Well, I've already talked, I think, last week about uh, about the new anime that I've been watching. Not much, not much 
difference with it so far. Like I'm watching, I'm watching Horimiya, and I'm watching Hortensia Saga, and practically everything else on my list is uh, is a sequel. Hey, remember this whole season sequel heavy. <laughs> it's it's so ridiculously so. Yeah. yeah, I am speaking though. Watching a watching the second season of an older show, so I I did go ahead and start watching the second season of Prisma Ilya because <laughs> why the hell not? And Yay. two episodes in, I'm I'm like, what have I gotten myself into? Will I go to jail for this? Uh, in Canada, maybe. It's like, yeah, like <laughs> like this. Uh, it's Yuri heavy. Yeah. Yeah, that was their f- and their shtick. I think yeah. with the first uh, the first season was they, um, I don't know. It's no the first se- the first season except for like except for like the OVA episode was like nowhere near the level of what was going on in the in the second episode of the second season. Yeah, it was an uncomfortable show to watch. I'm I'm uh, I'm taking it then. It it is right now. I'm, I'm still like, watching it, but at this point, it's no longer like, am I watching this because it's enjoyable, or am I watching this because I'm punishing myself? There, there's a part of me, like you know, I'm a Strike Witches fan, and that part of that is because I also like exploitation films, and it, uh, it, you know, it, stuff that, uh, that, uh. Well, I don't think it's on Pansu Witch's level just yet. Oh, no way. Pans- uh, Strike Witches is really not that bad. Have you watched it? I don't know. I, all these picture, all these pictures you keep showing me of it. Well, I only screenshot the good otherwise. parts. I screenshot the good parts. <laughs> <sighs> uh, I did get to watch... Uh, the, I, I just watched one episode of the Strike Witches filler. Um, I did some comparisons. I tooted... Uh, a screenshot because they have a different art studio, a different studio. It's definitely a low budget show. The voices are there, um, but the animation, well, they're what frame rate four or twelve minute episodes. Mm-hmm. But they do things like the uh, the ending yeah, song so is really like, long. It's to be expected. The ending song is is uh, a little longer than you you might expect, and then it, the entire animation is just you know dancing uh, like paper dolls. So it's like cutouts of the characters dancing around. You know, there's no real animation. Oh, yeah, I've um, seen that sort of. Uh, I've seen that sort of animation for uh, for 80s before. Yeah, it's like for 90. Uh, so we get 90 seconds where we only have to draw three frames. Okay, yeah, that's great. Um, and <laughs> it, nothing happens. The, the problem with the the Strike Witches uh, World Witches show is that it's filler. Nothing's going to happen. There's no story that's going to happen. The, there's some funny moments in it, but it's not. You know, that's not what I'm looking for. Strike Witches is cool when they're doing World War II. It has to be World War II reenactments and scenic places and stuff. Okay, did you ever did you ever see Isekai Quartet? Because that's a total that's a total like short filler thing too, except that it takes characters from several different unrelated series and puts them together. I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. I, I honestly don't know what it is. It. <clears throat> Essentially, uh, characters from various different isekai series are brought to brought together to be students in a high school, run by other characters from those same series. Oh, I'm I'm looking at the wiki page. So it has characters from Konosuba, from Overlord, from ReZero, uh, Tanya. Yeah. 
Saga of Tanya the Evil. Some of these I don't recognize, but I mean, obviously, Konosuba I know. ReZero I've heard of. Wait, is that the same thing? It's just uh, no story. It's kind of like a day-to-day -day nothing happens. Pretty much. There, there's a, there's like sometimes a little bit of continuation between one episode and the next, but generally it's it's like completely pointless. Yeah. And I, that's one of the reasons I'm not going to be watching a lot of World uh, Witches because it's a, uh, it can't. It's designed so that nothing can happen. Everything that that could happen in this show is always going to be reset or, or undone by the end of it because they have to save the uh, the story for the main enterprise. You know, for the big budget shows. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, I took some screenshots. You can I, I tooted some that were kind of cool, but other than that, you know, it was kind of a bummer. Yeah, kind of a we'll kind pick of a, a few of them. I did. The only thing that was really interesting was I did that comparison with um, the uh, the character Hartman as her messy room, and you can see. I think I did it at the bottom. I grabbed the screenshot of the same setting from uh, Strike Witches season two, which I think was in 2010, and then I got the one from this year, so 2021, so 11 years apart. And the Strike Witches season two, you can see they put a lot of detail and. How the room is put together it has, for for example, walls and, uh, you know, it's lit by uh, a window in, in a plausible way. And then if you go and compare that to the uh, the world, which is there's no lighting. It's just kind of uh, generic uh, background. Piles of crap in the background without any like, yeah. real detail to the room itself. Yeah, and they have a lot of the backgrounds. If you look in the pictures, aren't even they're not in a location. They have pattern backgrounds and, you know, it's. There's, there's nothing grounded in, in reality. And for Strike Witches, which is already fantastical, right? If it doesn't have anything grounding it, it's just not... It's not tractable. You can't pay attention. You know, it doesn't... It's not as fun. That's the story. Yeah. Well, I had uh, one more thing if we want to close out anime. I had uh, watched a little more Higurashi. I put some screenshots in there. If the, the gruesome uh, stuff continues. Yay! Yeah. They definitely moved that show to a later time slot for a reason. And in the, the screenshots, there's two consecutive ones. There's one where, where Rika says, well, that's no good. And then immediately after, she's like bloody on the floor. Those were consecutive frames. So Why is this green-haired high school girl walking around with like a shoulder holster for a pistol? That's Mion. She always has a gun. I'm not sure why. It's not clear. Her sister carries a taser, which is definitely real, but I don't think Mion ever fires the gun. I think it's a fake one. I think it might be a cap gun, yeah. actually. But yeah, she walks around That's with a gun. That's a shame. <laughs> She'd be a lot more attractive if it was a real revolver. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those things. The girl with the orange hair always has the giant meat cleaver. She was the one that got cut out um, in season one when they, uh, after they they had the nice boat incident. When they came back, they had to cut out clips of uh, Rena, who was the girl with the orange hair, uh, with her bloody meat cleaver in the uh, the opening animation. It was her signature weapon. Okay, so she carries a meat cleaver, and you're saying she got cut out. Yeah. Well, they thought it was too Are gruesome. Are you using me? No, that's what they cut out of the uh, the opening animation. <laughs> No, I'm trying to. I'm trying to make like a knife joke. I'm. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm obviously yeah, failing yeah, terribly yeah. at this. Let me give you this. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So what else do we got? There's anime. Anime is in the can. No more anime. No, no. We got another thing of uh, AI anime, don't we? Oh yeah. Uh, did I put that in my notes? 
I think I might have. This anime does not exist on AI. Oh, yeah, there's another one of these gags. <sighs> yeah. I don't know if this is... This could be a dud, folks, ladies and gentlemen. I actually... Uh, yeah, it, it's kind of a dud, but I did play around with it for a bit today. Okay. And so, when when you're going through, like, this whole wall of different pictures showing up, right, you can actually click on... Click on one of them, and it'll create it'll create different creativity levels for the image that you clicked on. It so calls them creativity just, levels. So people know what we're talking about. We're talking about another anime AI website that does um, yeah. synthesizes images from a training set. You know, it's a, it's a. I'm not even sure program. if uh, GANs can really be called AI or not. No, I think it's just a image synthesis program. I mean, yeah. Then again, you call everything AI these days. I mean, Cheetos are made with AI, if you believe the. Yeah, uh, the well, that, that's how you. That's how you. Uh, that's how you get the big bucks, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you put AI, and so you can go to this website and see like pictures of really mutilated uh, anime characters. This one has a not always like a hoof growing out of the middle of her chest. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one. I, I actually grabbed I actually found one that wasn't too bad and I'm sticking it in the show notes uh, let's see she has four thumbs on a hand and her other hand merges into her elbows okay that doesn't look too healthy oh yeah, I, the, this one with the this one with the hoof hand uh, seed 16746 I don't know I just I'm clicking and clicking away there's a bunch of I saw like three already yeah, it's, there's some there's some disturbing things in here, and there's some that aren't quite so disturbing. Yeah. Oh, and here's one without arms. There's a lot of that. I, oh, she has green onions for hands. Cool. All right, that's enough of that. This is, this is the same <laughs> gag. We already did this gag. We can't do it again. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the point where where this is actually like creating good things instead of abysmal horrors. <laughs> I don't know if we'll still be alive when when it reaches that point, but I mean. If this is if this is what we're getting from AI, maybe we don't have to worry about Skynet after all. <laughs> Skynet's malformed. Oh boy. Skynet's a motherfucking gimp. <laughs> well, I was doing some uh, some follow up on a story I mentioned last. Uh, I think it was last episode. I was talking about just at the very beginning. I briefly mentioned I was doing a surface metrology project. We're writing some piece of software. I think I mentioned it once or twice on the show, and I found out. Uh, you know, I kind of I concluded my work on it, and uh, in the process, that paper that I referenced where it had a minus sign in the wrong place. Um, you know, it's one of these. It's about six pages. It's a paper that describes an algorithm for fitting point clouds to uh, geometric surfaces um, with certain special uh, uh, properties. And one of them is that it has to be rotated and scaled and, ha and, and have these certain characteristics that make it difficult to fit the points to. Um, anyway, uh, I was reading a... The paper was published in 2001 by this guy named Spaith, Dr. Spaith. Um, and I wanted to get his email address and talk to him. And, and so I've been working with his material for, you know, well over a few weeks and I had his paper printed out. I read it, I don't know, just to, I probably read it six or seven times over the course of the work and, um, really didn't know anything else about the guy. You couldn't find anyone, uh, referencing him, uh, anywhere online. And, uh, though eventually I did, I did a search and I found out he had a couple books published, um, including some that were recently revised, so it was like 2019 or something like that. 
Um, they had a, a new book of one that he wrote. It was like called Spline Interpolations. It's, it's another math uh, uh, algorithm kind of handbook. And so I wanted to, to talk to this guy and say, hey, you know, I'm using your work from this time. I think there's a little minor error. And, you know, here, you know, here's what I found. You know, do you want do you want to revise it or whatever? You know, and frankly, I was expecting yeah. him to be just surprised that anyone read his paper and happy that I that I thought to contact him. And so I was trying to find out where he was. I found out he was at some university and I went over and the university had references to him, but you couldn't find him in any directory. And I kept going down trying to find just an email address. My God. And after searching for a really long time, I ended up putting in, I found out, I knew it was at a German university. I started translating search terms into German and I ended up finding his obituary. Obituary. Um, and it turns yes. out, yeah, it turns out that... Uh, this guy had passed away in 2013, and I found out by reading it, you know, he was a dean of the applied math department at a university in Germany, and um, he was on the diploma committee, and he'd been a, you know, doctor doing research in applied mathematics since like 1967, and it turns out he passed away from old age, because he was, uh, even when he, he wrote the that paper, you know, he was getting up there, and so that was a kind of a shock to me. It was a completely different image than the image I had built up of the guy in my head. You know, I'm just reading the math that he wrote and reading his description of how an algorithm worked. I got a a, a sense of it. And the thing that really threw me through a loop is I saw he was publishing, um, some of his textbooks were revised in like 2019 and uh, some were a little bit earlier, like 2015. So I thought, oh, this must be active. And so there still remains a mystery to be solved, which is how come all his textbooks are being reissued and revised with his uh, his name as the author, um, I guess posthumously. Is that typical for, for that to happen? Posthumously? Humously. Yes. It wasn't humorous. Posthumously is it something different. It wasn't hu- I don't want to pull it. Yeah, it wasn't humorous at all. No. Yeah. Posthumously. I suppose that, uh, I suppose that his... Uh, his books are being edited by other people now since he's not around to do the work himself. Yep. It happens, especially with textbook type materials, right? I guess that makes sense. It It is irritating, though, that I because you can get previews of some of those books, I'd read the foreword looking for clues for him. Like, who is this guy? I'm st- still trying to contact him. So I'm reading the the forward version of about three different books, and none of them had mentioned that he'd passed on. So that was a little annoying. Even though the recently, the, the ones that were revised, uh, uh, you know, after 2013. So I don't know. It was, it, it was a bizarre uh, thing for me. It actually hit me kind of hard when I found out he had died. I was looking forward to talking to him. And yeah, it, that kind of thing does suck. No. Yeah. Well, we had some uh, some news about, uh, just to change topics, about Evangelion, that movie we've been keeping tabs on. Yeah. Has anything been announced about it coming to North America now? No, they announced it's not coming to Japan. They canceled. What? They canceled the showing like 10 days before. It's supposed to, it was supposed to be screening this weekend, I think. Uh, so it's not even showing in Japan now. They pulled it from all the theaters. Yes, they pulled Why? it from all the theaters. Um covid or is there like something really weird going on i well they said covid but that doesn't if it was something really weird you know 
uh, they would say yeah, COVID. Yeah, they probably still wouldn't say, yeah, they probably still say COVID. It's the excuse say. for of all, of all excuses. I can't do it because COVID. Okay, so you you don't yeah. know, but it could just be because excuse they think of the they, decade. It could just because they they think the uh, the attendance will be low, but they rescheduled it. I think to December. That's the case. It could it could very well just be uh, be COVID. I mean, like with the way that the way that uh, Dune was shifting around, right? Hold up. Stop tape. Um, I accidentally did for a second, but we're back. I'm put a bar when I hit marker, it hit the <clears throat> pause button instead of the marker button. Oh, good work. Yeah, I know. I'm a genius. Huzzah! <laughs> Can't stop me. <laughs> yeah, so Dune got pushed back again. They're in twenty. So twenty. Uh, that's December, isn't it? They're they're in twenty twenty one also, so they're coming out the same time. Yeah, meanwhile, it was supposed to be, like, out, what, in October 2020 or something originally? It was supposed to be out Christmas, uh, so December oh, okay. 2020. Well, you know, uh, XFL pushed their, their whole season back. Their, their next season's going to start in 2022. The uh, XFL Wait, is the... XFL is still operating? Yep. Their next season is supposed to be in 2022, and they are ready to go. In fact, they have a new owner, actually, a co-owners. Who? It is Dwayne The Rock Johnson and uh, Danny Garcia. Uh, no. They bought it from... Uh, the Rock. The Rock now owns uh, XFL. They bought it from Vince McMahon for $15 million, uh, just a few months ago. I think it was in October. I'm on the Wikipedia page. Yeah, it's October. And uh, it's no, not clear exactly what that means, but uh, it, it looked like it was going to go for auction... And then The Rock stepped in, and they somehow they raised the money. They said, okay, $15 million, we got the whole franchise. So now The Rock owns XFL. Wild. Indeed. So you can smell what The Rock is cooking. 2020. Two. <laughs> 20, yeah, yeah. 2022. 2020 already happened. Yeah. I went to an XFL game in 2020. I went in uh, January. I think it was January. Yeah, it was the first uh, DC Defenders game I was there. They started the fan tradition of the beer snake. Now, stop me if I've told you this before. Beer snake? Yeah, so what they did... You might have, but that... But probably not, because that does not ring a bell. They, they uh, serve... No, the, the DC Defenders play at the Audi... I think it's called the Audi Field. It's a soccer stadium in DC. And they, uh, they serve beer, obviously. And they serve beer, like many sports arenas, in plastic cups. And what people do with the empty cups is they stack them up. And then they get the, their neighbors to stack their cups inside their cups. And so next thing you know, you have stacks and stacks and stacks of cups to the point where you have a beer snake made out of stacked plastic cups. Um, the one that they had that I saw was stretched from the end zone all the way up to the edge of the stadium. <laughs> it was this giant beer snake. And uh, they what they do is they start in pieces. So you get a little snake is forming on this side of the field and there's another snake forming on the other side of the field. And as they build up, as they kind of move towards the, uh, the defender's end zone, um, finally they, uh, the, uh, there's the moment of triumph where the two, where all the beer snakes combine into one giant beer snake and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> it was a great, uh, little fan tradition while it happened. Um, there's some pictures of it. Uh, I can throw one up on, in my my notes there's a really good one with a guy who looks like a um, captain from a ship you know captain nemo in front 
There we go. I threw that right under banter on mine. We make that a nice big size picture. Okay. Should be in my show notes if you want to see it. But that's the beer snake. Yeah, I'll make sure it gets into the release show notes. Yeah, that should be up by now. Yeah, there's the DC Defenders. There's the uh, that's the beer snake reaching all the way up to the bleachers, to the standing. Uh, st- when you go far enough in this uh, stadium, the last couple of rows is you know it's standing only, so it goes all the way up past that to the end. It's pretty wild. It was good. Mm-hmm. Everyone was trying to they're trying to audition their fan traditions for the first because it's the first game, so everyone's trying to come up with the cheer or the thing that the fans do. So there's all kinds of wild crap going on. The people trying to make it catch on with uh, just cheers. I think defense was a popular one, but that was obvious. And there's, I should have written some of them down. They're just the, the wild things people were trying to make work and just didn't. It was fun, though. You know, it's a blank yeah, slate. Yeah, do- Duodenum, I would, I, I'd rather a beer lamia myself. Beer lamia. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. We have... Just in case you were wondering, we have a uh, the Rare Encounter room on Zero Node. We have an IRC channel, so you can come and join yeah, us. Yeah, we've got our very own troll room. <laughs> on, uh, Look at all the cute little trolls. Mm, on uh, irc.zeronode.net, we have a uh, room Rare Encounter. You can come in and talk to us, and we got yes, Sir Mathieu. We, we got most certainly do. Ice Cube Soup. Dewodenum. Should we repeat how many days since the last episode again? Again? Oh, did he just show up? Maybe Matt didn't hear me the first time. Yeah, he just popped in. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, it's been 289 days since the last episode of Maps with Matt. And it's been and it's been 20 days since the start of the month, which means it's been over two weeks <laughs> since the two-week uh, two deadline he gave himself. That's the hog story. That is the hog story. <laughs> oh brother yeah. my maps in the encounter let's see if we have fletcher well we got carblanes 33 we get everyone in here we even got cold acid who let that guy in all the people who count yeah <laughs> oh, cool thanks for hanging out with us guys it's another rare encounter all right, yeah. what do you want to what do you want to talk about next? We got a little time left. We got time for uh, maybe another story. Oh, oh too. you I saw I saw in your notes as well that you've been you've been like man crushing on sir spencer oh yeah <laughs> yeah sir spencer is a beautiful man uh did you see the pics from the casey meetup no i didn't they were on uh, i i retweeted some of them it's uh i did not expect his hair to be that shiny it, you can't tell from his I've profile seen, photo. i've seen pictures of him on uh, on any social before yeah as well he has very shiny hair to the to the point where it was surprising wow Look at that guy's hair. Oh, it's a good look. The whole uh, the whole meetup looked like a lot of fun. It was. I wish I was there. In in fact, I've uh, kind of disappointed. I wasn't more familiar with them. I would have tried to do. I, I think there were some Kansas City uh, uh, type meetups, or at least an opportunity to do one uh, at one point. Um, when I was living in driving distance, I've actually driven to Kansas City from where I was before. You know, it takes all day, but I've done it for for less. Um, Nowadays, it'd take me a couple of days to drive from here, so it's just not going to happen. But, you know, Denver to Kansas City is possible. It's not exactly fun, but it's possible. Yeah, oh, well. unlike, uh, unlike where you are now, getting out to Kansas City is... It's a two-day none. drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've done it. It's just not what you want to do. Uh, around here, we have a couple meetups. Um, Sir Scatman of Norristown is 
been doing meetups up north uh, in Pennsylvania. And I've been to one of those I mentioned before. And then around here, I know there's a couple knights and, and dames around D.C. Obviously, you know, D.C. girl and some other people are around here. Um, barons and everything. So there's meetups going on. I just haven't been to any of them. Um, the most recent ones were at the uh, the protest down at the Capitol building. But uh, like I said, uh, I, I might have said this to you in private. I can't remember. I just had customers that day. Um, I considered going down, but th then you run into the problem where I don't want to drive down there. You have to ride public transit. And, yeah. You know. And then there is all like. It, protesting is it hard work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> turning it into a, a, a problem, an incident. Yes, I don't know. that's a good way of putting putting it. Oh, what do we? Well, have? I got a couple other a couple other things to to talk about. Yeah, hit me with something. I, I just want to get out of the way already because I've had this uh, I've had this in my notes for for months now. All right, but like you you know how like we are going before about like Turing tar pit style like esoteric programming languages, right? Yes. So how about how about uh, how about things that aren't supposed to be programming languages, but but turn out to be Turing complete anyways? No, we haven't covered this yet. What do you got? No, we haven't. Magic the Gathering. <laughs> You're telling me Magic the, the Gathering. The rules the the rules to Magic the Gathering are complex enough. That the game itself is Turing complete. There's even been like a scientific paper published on this. <laughs> oh god! So can you write in a this program? paper? We show that optimal play in real world magic is at least as hard as the halting problem, solving a problem that has been open for a decade. Please. <sighs> Apparently, right. HTML5 and CSS3 combined is uh is good enough that you can do turing you can do turing complete things with it minecraft and dwarf fortress <laughs> although those shouldn't be that surprising because both have demonstrated like simple simple cpu emulation yeah they, they there's been people making algorithmic logic units uh uh, arithmetic. Let me correct myself before I make a mistake again. Arithmetic logic units in uh, Minecraft for uh, I don't know for a decade even. I remember seeing them a long time ago, where they could yeah. add binary, the, they could uh, bank of binary yeah. numbers with another bank and get the right answer. So uh, no, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Pokemon Yellow's game logic <laughs> itself is Turing complete. Okay. Now, what's the interface to programming in Pokemon Yellow? The game language? What's that? Uh, it, the game logic. You can you can develop you can develop software by by like manipulating the player inventory, and then execute it. How? I guess I'm I'm not clear on how this is supposed to work. I'm not entirely I'm not entirely sure. Well, this reminds me of the guy. Apparently, who... glitches in Super Mario World also make it uh, also make it Turing complete. The uh, story about Pokemon reminds me of there was a guy who wrote a, or he had the objective of a regular expression that would solve. I think it was Pokemon Blue or Pokemon Red, where his his um, thesis was that the entire state 
all of the states that Pokemon can be in, um, you can shift between them using a regular expression to determine the inputs and things like that. And so he said, I'm going to build one long, giant, regular expression that if you evaluate it properly um, with the uh, with the game, you just it just solves it. And so you win, I guess you beat the Elite Four. Um, and it, it's this very convoluted thing that he did, and it's, it's this giant, you know, uh, regular expression. But if you run it, you know, you watch it as it keeps evaluating itself and checking its state, um, it... Uh, it ends up, you know, moving the character around, and, and sometimes it does wild things. But the the claim is, if you let it go long enough, it actually finishes the game. Nice. Yeah, it was a funny presentation he had oh. on, on YouTube some time ago. Here, here's a couple others that have been pointed out in the in the troll room. PowerPoint. PowerPoint is Turing complete without having to use macros or VB script. Okay. Well, that's a little trickier. Yeah. Excel is Turing complete, but that shouldn't be considered accidental, and it should only be surprising to people who don't really understand Turing completeness, because, I mean, you've got this big array of cells, and you've got ways to program what's in them and have the ability to, well, because of that, change other cells when a, when a cell changes. Mm-hmm. Right, we've done some pretty so, wild stuff with Excel, so yeah, it's not surprising at all. Yeah, so it, yeah, it shouldn't be surprising to anybody who's an Excel pro or computer programmer that it's uh, that it's Turing complete without having to use VB script. Mm. Border Gateway Protocol, though, Border Gateway Protocol is Turing complete. The the configuration the configuration file for SendMail. Hmm. Now, SendMail is, an, is a really old uh, is a really old and generally considered these days buggy and dangerous uh, mail daemon. And yes, it has it has a Turing complete configuration format. I wonder if Starcraft that is, is. that is kind of scary. I wonder if uh, Starcraft. I'm not, I don't think because Starcraft probably <clears throat> we I'm did not a, sure. we did a I, lot of things in there where you could set up. Um, you had a state machine. You had um, if-then statements. Let's see. You didn't have a lot of memory you could work with. You had uh, all you had was boolean values, and they were called switches. And I don't, I don't remember how many you got. Maybe a hundred or two hundred or something. But it might be possible um, because you could always pull one and find out what its state was, and then you know make some other switches state dependent on some other switches state. I wonder if there was a way to. Uh, to write a more complex program, maybe even a, to prove that it was Turing complete inside uh, StarCraft, the old map editor, you know, from 1998 StarCraft. It, I know the newer ones are have their own scripting language. The old one was a GUI kind of editor. You, uh, it was kind of simplified. You couldn't do any scripting at all, other than their trigger setup. Being, it might be, but uh, it it requires it requires further uh, investigation. Yeah. Someone's going to reinstall StarCraft. <laughs> now, how about this? Fonts. Yeah, I was aware of this. Font shaping is Turing complete. I, I was aware of that one. Um, I remember on Grumpy Old Ben's, they had a, a story about fonts that would... I think it was a font um, that when you wrote a dirty word, it would render a different word instead. And I, I think it... I can't remember. It was either Darren or Ben Rose. You're really freaked out by the fact that the fonts were actually executing code and, and you know, it was, 
I was listening to it. That's how fonts work. They they actually have uh, some code that has to be able to run to figure out how to draw the splines and everything. It's not a well non bit non bitmap ones at least. Yeah. So there are fonts that are fixed width or they're uh, or they just have a bitmap for every character. But usually you have a program like our our friend Spath would have a. That doctor wrote a bunch of spline inter interpolation algorithms in the, the 60s and 70s. I'm sure some of his work got propagated into font design because that's the trick with some of them is um, being able to have your shapes as vectors. And sometimes to make the vector the way you want, you have to, or to have the effect that you want, you actually have to have your own arbitrary code that can execute. So the font actually might have a program that the output of the program is the letter instead of you know, just a list of coordinates. Yeah, well, you you essentially need that for, for say, Arabic or Mongolian text because <laughs> how a character's shape depends on the characters next to it, right? Or even, if you remember this from the Or even ones, even ones further down. Yeah, w the width yeah. Of, the, uh, of the line depends on the characters in front of it, too. And the characters before mm -hmm. it or something. Do you remember but here's, that? here's something that I, I came across where where the font itself will do addition hmm. by typing in numbers it it does it adds them up font addition so i'm going to throw that into the notes huh that's kind of cute um i was going to say that font exploit mm -hmm. was a was a big bug in iphone mess uh, it was one of the messaging apps and i think it was on the iphone where if you could send a string as a text message to someone's phone and it would just make it reset immediately. Um, and it had to do with a bug with rendering Arabic um, where it would it cause a buffer overrun because it made assumptions about, uh, oh, if I, if I take half of this word and move it down to the next line, then the, the line that I'm currently on got shorter, right? And it turned out in certain language systems that wasn't the case. And so by trying to... Um, flow the text to fit on the screen it made a mistake and overran the screen buffer and bl blew up your iphone and so it was, nice. a, it was a killer it was a killer text message you could send to your friend and it would just blow up their phone every anytime they tried to look at it and it, it would blow it up <laughs> if it showed up in the uh in the notification area or whatever it's called on the the iphone at the top so you could send it it would it would try and draw it on the screen and it would pop like that Damn. Yeah, that was an old one. They patched that one. <laughs> that was a fun, fun time, though. I'll bet. Yeah. That was font rendering for you. And then you always wonder if those fonts, if you have downloadable fonts set up. Um, there's been exploits. I mean, that was an example of just a font that didn't operate right and crashed your crashed your, uh, your phone. But, you know, you have to be careful if, if the fonts are not sandboxed, right? There's a possibility if you download it, you go to a website, it says, oh, I'm drawing in this font. So your browser downloads it and starts trying to render characters. If there's a, a way for it to get out of that sandbox, you start running arbitrary code on your computer through the through the font. So that's, I don't think that's something that happens. I think they're, they're sandboxed pretty well, but uh, it's always been a vector to think about. Now, here's something else interesting with... Uh accidental turn completeness of uh, have you heard of one instruction set computers mm, well i'm i'm gonna guess uh i i could figure out what they do but uh no i haven't okay so the i i mean they're a hypothetical sort of uh sort of thing right or not so hypothetical but like just 
Like, nobody's actually made a real one, but there's emulations of them out there for for study purposes okay. and it's a it's a type of it's a type of computer where there's where the instruction set only has one instruction and this instruction so is you can actually <laughs> i mean well, don't leave me hanging what's the instruction like there's there's different there's different ones out there it's not like there's just it's a class of computers <laughs> right it's not like there's this one instruction unless you're on x86 hmm if you're if you're on a, if you're on an Intel processor, uh, all you need is is move. Yeah, and then you can move stuff into the program stack, right? No, it, you mean it's you... it's more than that. Like move is such an is such an actually complicated uh, instruction because of all the different ways that it can be used that. It itself is Turing complete <laughs> to the Jeez. to the point that somebody actually made a C compiler th that generates code that only uses the move <laughs> instruction. Oh, that's funny. And some and some <laughs> other crazy bastard out there used it to compile Doom. <laughs> of course, that's of, what you would yeah, do. Yes, so of course. Because Doom runs on everything, right? Yeah. Now, the the issue, of course, is that this move only Doom takes about seven hours to render a single frame. So you've got to have, like, the patience or the speed of an Ent to be able to uh, enjoy it. Yeah. But, yeah, there you go. You reminded me of a story we, uh, we talked about, but I don't think we ever got to, which was they had Doom playable on a pregnancy test uh, some time ago. <laughs> Did you see that one? That had to have been fake, though. Yeah. I don't know. You sure about that? Here's no, Doom I'm Ryan. actually not sure about that. I've got it on... Uh, I just did a Google search or a DuckDuckGo search. GameSpot has the story. You know, enough places are running it. It might be, uh, might be true. MSN ran it. Well, I don't know if that means it's true or not. No, here's, the, here's a picture of it. He's got a breadboard. He's got the chip, and he's got... Uh, some flash memory and it's playing doom on the screen so yeah it looks real okay so then yeah that's <laughs> the skag there you go there's another Damn. one well the other good one that we didn't uh i don't know if you saw this one was the guy who had so many cores in his cpu that in the windows uh like the task manager where you can see the oh CPU, yes i did see that you can see the cpu usage and it, what happens is yeah, when you're he was CPU, playing Doom on that. So by by exciting CPUs uh, to move between zero percent or a low percent uh, uh, usage, you know, uh, use threshold to bring it up to hundred percent being used, he could change the color of each one of those blocks between black and green and use that as a display to run Doom. You could play uh, Doom on yep. your CPU monitor panel. <sighs> I had Doom running on an iPad, uh, iPod uh, fifth gen. Um, now that one was easy because it came flashed when if you flash Rockbox on it, I think it came installed with it. So it's not like it did anything other than flash the uh, the iPod. But you could play Doom. Doom? How about Doom running on a Canon printer? <laughs> uh, does is this one of the Canon printers where you play Doom on the front? Uh, I'm almost afraid to ask. Is I'm this not on sure. A display it's a video, so I don't want to open it up. Or is it playing Doom by printing out each frame? I, I, like I said, this is, this is a video that I just saw on a YouTube search. Oh, now I want to know. It renders by printing. 
You know, there's been some text adventures that did stuff like that, where instead of printing to screen, it printed to a printer. And you could always go back oh, yeah. and find your uh, your history. I think uh, I think you could actually like running running Zork on the original IBM PC. You could you could pipe the output to printer device. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. And then you can get the uh, what are those called? The dot matrix. What's that sound uh, that they play in the uh, the grumpy old Ben's intro? That old printer sound. No, what they the got board. in there is uh, is the modem sound. Oh, I thought they had a printer sound in there too. Hmm. Uh, maybe I only ever catch the uh, the modem sound, hmm. but that's because I have the modem. I used to have the modem sound as my ringtone for years. <laughs> Pissed off everybody. <laughs> I always liked the uh, the solid snake alert sound from Metal Gear. Yeah, that one right there. That's a good ringtone. A lot of people had that and. It's a good text message tone. It's just a good sound. That's good sound design. It just sounds good. It is. It is. The other, the the true one that that uh, that I need on my phone is the Kim Possible. Huh? The Kim Possible ringtone. You don't know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. I don't, uh, and I'm afraid to find out. Oh, it's just a beep 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 kind of thing. Uh, I don't see it. Uh, I don't see it on a soundboard, so I'm probably not going to play it. But uh, it was from the cartoon. I've heard that in the wild once or twice. <laughs> Kim Possible ringtone. Maybe this is it. Let me play it. See see what happens. Yeah, no, maybe. No, that wasn't it. <laughs> All right, never mind. We got fun a tangent. We got. Uh, no now I have heard. I have out. heard the. I've heard the Power Rangers jingle for. <laughs> For both ringtones and for text notifications. Yeah. You know, we have to uh, acknowledge that the best ringtone is having your phone on mute. And do not disturb 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, which is the way mine is. I also on mute, turned off, in a drawer in the other room. I don't want a single... Just the way JCD intended. I don't want a single beep or boop coming out of this. It really irritates me. Especially if I'm listening to music, which is about the only thing I, I do with it now. Um, if I take it out of... If I take it to work, the only reason for that is so I can plug it into my speakers and play some, play some music while I'm working. And under certain circumstances... Uh, it used to dim the music uh, if someone sent a uh, a text message, even if I Ooh. had the text sound off, or if someone tries to call you if you're playing through Bluetooth, even if you're on Do Not Disturb, it would still dim it. It was absolutely infuriating. So, yeah, so, that would that would make me want to chuck it against a wall. It's uh, there's no respect for the music. You know, you only sometimes you only get to listen to an album the first time once. Does that make any sense to you? If it's if it's a really good album, generally you, to, you can only get to listen to an album the first time once. Yeah, and if you ruin that by uh, say the transition between songs on the dark side of the moon or you know some iconic album you've never heard it before, if it breaks up in the middle, you know there's no respect for it. It's Amazon Music would do this. Um, I I've used their service once or twice, and the reason that I stopped is because it would let you download 30% of a song and play it, and then it would just stop halfway through, and it was the most infuriating infuriating thing ever. Um, if there's not enough bandwidth to play the whole song, don't start playing it, you know? But it would allow you to, uh, to hit play, and then it would play, and then it would stop, and it was buffering. It was like listening to real media, you know, buffering every 30 seconds. 
And oh uh, god, it, don't it, remind me of it that. It drove me insane. So now I don't use that anymore. Yeah, real media, real media. Get those real media video files. Used to download anime on those somewhere. Uh, I I got from somebody all the way back then. You remember when there was that Dune miniseries around 2000, 2001? Yeah, there were two of them actually. Yes, I remember that very well. Yeah, I, I didn't get, I didn't get, uh, I didn't get the Children of Dune one, but I got the, I got the first Dune miniseries, mm-hmm. and it was all in, uh, in as real media files. <laughs> yeah, it was a good adaptation. The uh... yeah, it was, it was, it was actually incredible it was a lot closer obviously to the books than the david lynch film was oh yeah not that that's saying much because i mean (laughs) he took some real liberties here and there and everywhere yeah let's see there was a 2000 my name is a killing word oh boy i got the 2000 miniseries blu-ray rip cool nice and also there was a oh yeah that's that's a the Children of Dune actually is the one that this one is. So they yeah, have, they called it that, but it was really it was really both uh, Dune Messiah and Children of Dune yeah. combined. E- episode one was uh, Children of Dune. Episode two and three were Dune Messiah. No, other way around, man. Dune Messiah. Happened I'm sorry. Yeah, Children you're right. I do have it backwards. It's Children of Dune was with the st- uh, was the second one. Dune Messiah. Was now, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for God Emperor of Dune to be adopted. <laughs> Is it the one where he turns himself into a worm? Does it? Well, this is the one that's like fifteen thousand years or something after, after like Children of Dune. And yeah, he's he's the he's the yeah. as a sandworm. <laughs> that's the front cover of it, where he's a the sandworm with a human face. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things I do no. miss from uh, from Twitter. Is there was an account called Dank Dune Memes. And they would just continuously tweet stupid references to Dune all the time. I used to watch that. Oh well, say la vie, such is life. Yeah. God. Now the Dune. I would also like to I would also like to see uh, Heretics and Chapter House adapted, but they're they're incomplete and. I think that I think that Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson really made a hash out of out of things. Yeah. Well, they keep making Hon- them. Honestly, yeah, on yeah, and they keep making them, and people keep buying them because they're suckers. Me, if I ever if I ever ended up like writing and publishing a huge epic, I'd make sure it was in my will that if I died before it was completed. To publish my notes as is, so no, so no, like money grubbing child of mine could uh, <laughs> could like fuck around with uh, with my universe. Oh boy, be the children of painters story, huh? <laughs> oh God, is that for a poll? <laughs> the sequel. There's a blast from the motherfucking past. Thanks. <laughs> we'll have the. Uh... Seven, I, th- I seven... think I still have the Renpai scripts for that somewhere. <laughs> now that's an in joke. No one's gonna get that, but us. Oh well. Oh well. Jeez. We should talk about visual. I'm, I'm actually sometime. like, I'm actually like searching the web now for Painter Story. Oh boy. It's... Well, you know, let's talk about visual novels for a second. I I got into uh, Riddle Joker a little while ago. I finished two of the routes on it, and so far I'm giving yeah. it. Uh, 
okay reviews. It's acceptable. Um, so far, I've not been how many more? Away. How many more do you have to go? Um, I, actually, I've gotten three endings um, out of five or six. So I'm either halfway or, or just about halfway or over halfway. I, I don't know. I'm, I don't think any of the, the, the herons have more than one ending. And there is a neutral ending that I already got. So, But I don't know. I'm not going to give this a rave review. I, I, uh, so far, it's been fun. You know, it's a, it's a fun visual novel. Like I said before, I mentioned it, I don't know, a month or so ago. It's the, the high school setting gets to me. It's something that I'm really sick of reading about. Um, the, uh, the superhero kind of psychic school for psychic children thing is also something that's been done over and over and over and other people have done it better. The, uh, the only saving grace for this, uh, for this visual novel, the only reason that I'm actually, uh, reading more of it is some of the characters are interesting and I'm not even going to say they're great characters, but they're, uh, they're interesting in, in a way that I don't know, like there's two more routes. I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen inside them. Um, and it's not going to be some, you know, ass pull like, oh, there's a um, extra bit of the plot or story or some mechanism that was hidden from you. We're going to pull out just to make this route. It's going to be the the interesting new stuff that comes up is when you find more about this character and you find, oh, they've, you know, they're a little different when you uh, when you're on their route than they are somewhere, you know, otherwise. And, you know, it's fun. It's fun to explore. And I guess that's visual novels, you know, uh, they have a tendency to be repetitive and, and uh, for everyone that's a, a real page turner, you know, that you can't put down, there's probably a dozen that are just kind of dull. So, and they're all overwritten. Yeah. This one, unfortunately, this one also is not overwritten in the way the other ones have been. Um, it has a nice feature with a flowchart built in, which is something I didn't know I wanted. So um, just to that explain, that's actually pretty useful. Yeah, in uh, visual novels, usually these are like choose-your-own-adventure style games. Um, you kind of make different choices. You, you get prompted as you read through the story: Do I want to do this or do that, or talk to this person or that person? And that's how you go through this branching narrative. Um, and usually, you're looking for a good end, but then sometimes there's ends where you die or ends where terrible things happen. And so there's it's fun interactive fiction and. One of the problems is it's always sometimes you get stuck uh, and you have to go find a tutorial and say, well, you know, it turns out you couldn't, uh, you know, uh, she the the one person who couldn't uh, who could have saved you from the big bad monster. You know, you didn't uh, put sprinkles on her ice cream six months ago. And so, uh, you know, you're locked out of out of that ending, you know. And so there's just wild, illogical things that that are baked into some of these games that you can't figure out. Um, or you wouldn't even think of. So the flow chart's nice, and it lets you quickly switch choices, and it shows you kind of where you are in the story, too. So, you know, if you've got thousands of lines, thousands of pages left, or, or if you kind of get close to the end, too, which is nice. So, yeah, Riddle Joker. Riddle Joker is the name of it. This was the one that was just published, so it's a new... Just published in English, I, I should say. It's been published in Japanese for a few years. Um, not a rave review, but, yeah, I've been enjoying it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, there. Did I stall long and enough? I did. I did find. <laughs> I did find the uh, the code for painter story. Oh boy! So that means you didn't and bury it. You didn't bury it enough. I didn't bury it enough. No. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking through. I'm looking at what's in here, and I'm like, oh my god! Did I really? Did I really <laughs> actually do this? Oh, uh, these are the old days. 
So Rempai, uh, this, this is this is this is like the this is like the uh, the secret shame of uh, <laughs> of like somebody who used to be a Chuni, right? And they're like looking back, they're like, "Oh my God, must must make sure nobody ever knows." Did I say that? Did I really say that in front of people? <laughs> what? Yeah, it's one of those kinds of things. Yeah. Oh uh, well. Yeah, we've all been there. Well, now that we have a chat room, pretty get, pretty wild. We can get some interaction going. What do y'all want to hear about? You want us to go away? Is that what you want? Is that what you want? I wonder how long our delay is. Um, well, we have we have been going we have been going on for a while. Our delay has been somewhere between. Uh, I think I got it down to ten seconds. If I refresh the stream, I actually timed it uh, a couple days ago. Did some experiments, but depending on when you connected to the stream, um, sometimes you can get delayed out by as long as ninety seconds. Um, just by Yikes. yeah, just by the way it loaded. So there's a lot of variability in how live quote live was. That and the stupid. Yeah, so host. We're, we're not even we're not even sure if you're if you're listening to us now, guys, or if you were listening to us like in half an hour from now. Oh, yeah, these these bastards are getting ready for the show to start. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, it might be time to wrap up. Let me jump back to my notes here. We get everything. We get some strike witches. We get some other screenshots. Yeah. We get a podcast. Sir Spencer is a beautiful man. I was talking to him about. He uh, is. I don't know. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for news. Um, we do have some stuff coming up next. Uh, we have our sports game. It's the Markham Roadrunners versus. You know, you're going to have to help me with the pronunciation of this. The Ashawa. Oshawa. Oshawa. Oshawa Quiet. Quiet. There, I, I knew enough to ask for help this time. The Markham Roadrunners versus the Oshawa Quiet. And uh, that's your sports game coming up. And until then, stumping the consultants, I'm Abel Kirby. And kicking ass and forgetting to take names, I'm Cold Acid. See y'all later. Toodles. Toodles.